Welcome to the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman, where Jerry reads a chapter from the New Testament and gives us key insights and life applications along the way. For more information about the Solid Life Journal and reading plans, visit solidlives.com. And now, let's get into today's reading. Okay, here we go. Galatians chapter 6. And Paul has been really addressing the fact that we need to be saved by grace, by faith through Jesus Christ, and not by trying to earn it through the works of the law. So, Galatians 6. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual... Restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. So he's addressing something that happens on a regular basis in the body of Christ. If anybody who is brethren, brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespasses, you who are spiritual, restore, restore. What does that mean? He was with you. He was a believer in the church, in the faith, but he got overtaken by something. Well, today we have people that are overtaken by pornography, by other lust, sexual perversions, drugs, alcohol, uh, depression. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. Selfish ambition, pride. And so people get overtaken by things. We are all human. And if you don't watch yourself, you can be overtaken. Everybody at one point or another gets overtaken to one degree or another. So this is brethren. If any man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual. In other words, it needs to be people that have a certain level of maturity about them. Why? Because when you go to this brother, if you're vulnerable to that, you get some guy that not long ago was addicted to pornography, for example, and now you're going to go to help somebody else that's overcome pornography, and you get to talking to them and just talking about it, trying to help this brother, you get all uh, caught up in it again. You start thinking about it again. Before you know it, you're falling again. So he says, brethren, if anyone is overtaken in any trespass, uh, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the, in a spirit of gentleness. Don't go and just make him seem like he's a horrible person. In a spirit of gentleness, watch this, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. So a person, for example, that was delivered from alcoholism. Now you're going to go help somebody else that has fallen into the bondage of alcohol. And so you go over there and before you know it, you're having a drink with him and you slip back into alcoholism. He's saying, be careful, be careful. Even when you're going to restore somebody, be careful lest you get tempted and fall away. Verse two, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. So he could say on a different note, When somebody is carrying a big load, don't just say, hey, hope you're doing well, bless you, but help them. Bear one another's burden and so fulfill the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? To love one another. Verse 3, for if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. You know, sometimes we have a, a tendency to do that, don't we? We start to see ourselves more highly than we ought, as Paul said not to do in Romans chapter 12. Verse 4, but let each one examine his own work. Let each one examine his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself. In other words, really look at what you're actually doing. 
instead of just wondering how people see you. No, what am I actually doing for the Lord? Am I really doing what God has called me to do? And if so, then you have something to rejoice about. He said, but let each one examine his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. In other words, you don't need to be concerned about what everybody else thinks about you, but think about what you're doing for the Lord. Verse 5, for each one shall bear his own load. Notice, for each one shall bear his own load. Every one of us need to take responsibility to do what God is calling us to do, to play our part. As it says in Ephesians 4.16, every part does its share. Verse 6, let him who is taught in the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Now you can imagine back in these ancient days that here a minister like Paul, who was traveling around, he didn't have a steady job that he'd get a paycheck. He was a tent maker, but it was a, 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 a self propelled business. He had to generate that business. He had to go make the tents and also sell the tents. So when somebody, you know, like he said, the Corinthians, those who preach the gospel should live by the gospel. So he's saying, listen, when somebody's coming to you to minister, and remember he's writing from a distance, so he's not there trying to get an offering, though there wouldn't be anything wrong with him talking about it being there. But he's saying, look, when somebody's teaching you the word of God and you're being discipled, then share with them with your resources. Why? Because as he said to the Corinthians and in Romans, you're receiving their spiritual things, respond to them with material things. Why? To show that you value this spiritual impact that is having uh, great effect and fruitfulness in your life. So he's saying, let him who is taught in the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Well, that's in the context of you sharing with the people who teach you. And he's saying, and don't be deceived that you're not going to get it again, because whatever a man sows, that he's also going to reap. God's not mocked. See, verse 8, for he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. So whatever you decide to sow into, if you sow into following your flesh, you're going to of the flesh reap corruption. But if you decide to sow into spiritual things and those things which are of God and of the kingdom of God and such, well, you're going to receive, you're going to reap life and blessing back to you. Verse 9, and let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. I want to sit on this one for just a moment because there is an insight here that we really need to not overlook. Notice again, and let us not grow weary while doing good. Now he's talking about sowing and reaping. See, so sometimes you do good and you sow, maybe you give, maybe you help somebody and you're trying to help other people and you're thinking, man, I'm trying to help other people and I'm suffering over here, like I'm hurting over here. Notice this, let us not grow weary while doing good for in due season. God is not mocked, whatever man sows that he'll also reap, but notice you don't always reap it immediately. For in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Notice this last phrase, if we do not lose heart. We need to keep believing. A lot of us get into this and we start to go the right direction and then 
we begin to lose heart. We begin to lose confidence that God is really going to bring these things to pass for us. And he said, if you don't lose heart, if you'll not grow weary, just keep doing what God is telling you to do in faith. And in due season, bam, there it is. Praise God. And the Lord is going to come through if we don't lose heart. Verse 10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. So yes, help everybody. But he said, especially help those who are of the household of faith, believers. Help believers. Why? Because they're family. Believers are family, the family of God. And we should be favoring those who are the family of God. Somebody said, I thought we need to reach the unbelievers. We do. We need to reach the unbelievers to get the gospel of Jesus Christ and salvation to them. But when it comes to just helping everybody, helping them, lightening their load, helping them with their burdens, helping them through their tough times, he's saying especially do that with people of the household of faith. Why? They're brethren. They're family. They're in the family of God. And we always want to take responsibility for family. Okay, verse 11. Paul said, see with what large letters I have written to you with my own hand. That's interesting. In other cases, uh, like in the book of Romans, he talks about somebody else, Tertius, I believe, who is writing or transcribing for him. But here he said, I'm writing this with my own hand. See with what large letters I have written to you with my own hand. As many as desire to make a good showing in the flesh, these would compel you to be circumcised. So he's going back to the other theme and saying, let me finish up and wrap up what I was talking about. Whoever it is that's coming to you, trying to get you to measure up to Jesus, to earn your salvation by being circumcised and keeping the law. So notice again, verse 12, as many as desire to make a good showing in the flesh, you're trying to appear to people to be a good Christian by in the flesh keeping the law. These would compel you to be circumcised only that they may not suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. Ah, now you see that they're not only trying to bring you into the same bondage that they're walking in, but they also don't want to suffer the persecution that you receive when you preach that people can be saved by grace and not by the law. And that's the kind of persecution that Paul endures. But Paul's saying they're trying to escape the persecution, and that's why they'd rather preach to you what other people want them to preach than to preach to you the truth that we're saved by grace. Verse 13, for not even those who are circumcised keep the law, but they desiring to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. They want to go back to their Jewish buddies and say, oh yeah, we told them they have to keep the law. And then they're going to get the approval from those Jewish buddies. And that's why they're strapping this on you so that they can get that approval. Verse 14, but God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. So he said, I'm not going to boast in me doing right and wrong. He said, no way. I'm going to boast in the cross of Christ, that he laid it down and paid for all of my sins. And that's how I'm saved, is by his death on the cross. And he said, by that, I'm crucified to the world and the world is crucified to me or, or the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. So 
he not only received salvation through the death of Jesus, but he also received the grace of his calling, his calling to reach the world. And so he said, man, through the cross of Jesus, I am, the world is crucified to me and I to the world. Verse 15, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. That's what makes the difference. Verse 16, and as many as walk according to this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. What it, what does that mean, the Israel of God? Talking about the Israel that really serves the Lord and not just those that are born of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but they really don't serve God. Verse 17, from now on, let no one trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. What does that mean? He's just like Jesus was scarred, you know, nails, nail holes in his hand, the spear hole in his side, so to speak. Paul said, I have those same wounds and scars on my body to preach this gospel. Just like Jesus has scars to complete his assignment, I have scars on my body to complete my assignment. I have been persecuted very heavily. And he said, I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. And then the last verse, brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Notice, be with your spirit. Be with your spirit. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Your born again spirit. Receive that grace. Walk in that grace. Walk in the spirit, as he said in chapter 5. He said, receive that grace and stay with it. Boy, you can just imagine yourself being one of these disciples in one of the churches, house churches of Galatia, and this letter is being read and you're thinking, oh man, like I remember him talking about these things, but now we got caught up with these other believers who are trying to get us to be circumcised like Jews and to keep the law of the Jews but now he's reminding us, oh, that's right. We don't have to do that. You can imagine them wrestling with that. Like, is Paul right? He is right. Isn't he, guys? Do you think he's right? And Paul is pleading with them. I'm right. Trust me. Jesus taught me these things. And I'm right. And boy, Paul's heart just comes through these things. And he goes into great detail about them because he cares about all these people, that they don't lose their salvation trying to earn it, but that they just receive the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. May all of us receive the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And having received it, may we walk in obedience before the Lord and allow the fulfillment of the law to happen by walking in the Spirit and walking in love. What a precious little book the book of Galatians. We'll start a brand new book tomorrow. Don't miss it. Thank you for joining us for the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman. And thank you to those of you who have partnered with Solid Lives to help get this daily podcast and other resources like it to thousands of people around the world. If you would like to partner with Solid Lives, visit solidlives.com give. To find out more about the ministry of Solid Lives, how you can be a part of this church planting and disciple making movement, or for more great teachings and resources by Jerry, visit solidlives.com. We also want to invite you to check out Jerry's other podcast called The Jerry Dearman Podcast. 
Here, Jerry shares with us at least weekly from God's Word, challenging us and equipping us to fulfill the amazing plan that God has for our lives. You can find links to this podcast as well as Jerry's YouTube channel online at solidlives.com. Thank you again so much for joining us, and we'll see you right here tomorrow as we jump into the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman.